0: Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. Everything we believe hinges on this truth. I'm going to say it again. Everything we believe hinges on this truth. It must be a very important truth. And I'm talking about the truth of the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it's known as, uh, or the virgin conception of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the very first mention of this great truth is all the way back in the first book of the Bible in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And to put it in context, uh, what had just happened there was the, uh, what is known as the fall of, of mankind where uh, Adam and Eve had disobeyed Almighty God, had eaten from the forbidden tree, the fruit from the forbidden tree, and they had lost their innocence, and they had broken their relationship with Almighty God. And God uh, called them into account as He uh, came back into the garden, as as He normally did, uh, walking in the garden to walk and talk and fellowship with them. Can you imagine that, the fellowship that they were experiencing directly with God there? But on this particular evening, rather than Adam and Eve meeting Him there, they were hiding themselves, and God asked them where they were. He knew, He knew the answer to that question, but He was calling them out. And uh, bottom line is, they were caught in their sin. And, and in trying to cover over their sin by making themselves um, a clothing out of fig leaves. They're covering themselves with their own attempt at righteousness, at covering up their, uh, uh, their sin, their nakedness. But uh, God, uh, as He called them out, he, he told them about the consequences of their sin. And he had warned them ahead of time, in the day that you eat that forbidden tree, you will die. And that didn't mean that they would experience ultimate physical death at that very moment, but death the seed of death would be planted in them and and, that, and physically. And then spiritually, they would die. They would be separated from God in their sin. And that's exactly what happened. And so, verse 14 of Genesis 3 says, The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle more than every beast of the field and on your belly you will go and the dust you will eat all the days of your life. But here is the key verse. Verse 15. God said, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed he shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. And One uh, translation says, He shall crush your head and you will bruise his heel. And that, of course, was a, um, a, a prophecy of, of the crucifixion of Christ where at the crucifixion of Christ, his heel, so to speak, was was bruised. It was just a temporary thing. His death uh, was something that was pre-planned by God and that he would rise the third day in victory and he would be dying for the sins of, of those that would believe. But, But Satan's head at that point would be crushed. But notice what it says. He's going to put enmity between the serpent and the woman and between her seed... And, and the serpent seed. Look, uh, her seed, you know that in reality the seed in the birthing, in the, in the reproduction process is the man's. The man is the one that contributes the seed. So why is he saying the seed of the woman? Well, this is looking forward to that supernatural, supernatural conception that we know, that, that is known as the virgin birth. And if we go to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, uh, here in Isaiah seven fourteen we have a prediction again a very specific prediction and it was some 700 years or so before the birth of christ Uh, here's what isaiah 7 uh, verse 14 says and uh the the prophet isaiah is dealing with king ahaz here and uh he says this therefore the lord himself will give you a sign and that sign was to Ahaz, that God was at work. Uh, Ahaz had refused a sign, so to choose a sign. God gave him a chance to choose a sign there in that particular context uh, as, as enemies were coming against King Ahaz, and God said, I'm going to take care of them, and I want to give you a sign to tell you that, and, and you choose a sign, anything you want. And Ahaz, in false humility, said, no, I can't choose a sign. And So God says, therefore, I'll give you a sign of something that's going to happen far in the future." Be Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. And Emmanuel literally means God with us. And so, 700 years before the birth of Christ, uh, Isaiah uh, uh, prophetically gives this prediction that God has given him that a virgin would conceive, and that's impossible. A virgin can't conceive. A virgin cannot conceive. That is a natural impossibility. So this is a supernatural thing. A virgin would conceive and would bear a son. And to be more specific, his name would be God with us, Emmanuel. And so that prophecy was fulfilled as we read Matthew chapter 1, verses 8, to 25. Here's what it says. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When His mother Mary had been betrothed or engaged to Joseph, before they came together sexually, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit... And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly or divorce her. You know, when they were engaged in those days, it was the same as being married. They just hadn't consummated the marriage relationship yet. And he was going to divorce her, uh, thinking that that she had done something that she should not do. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph... Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her, listen, is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, Matthew, who's writing this, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, goes on in verse 22 to say this, Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, who? The prophet Isaiah Behold, and then he quotes Isaiah 7.14 here, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep, and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as his wife. Listen, but kept her a virgin... Until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. And so uh, Mary and Joseph did not have sexual relationships until after Jesus was born. And then they did, and they had other children. Mary was not a perpetual virgin she gave birth to other children. She happened to be a woman that was surrendered to God and that was willing to do what God asked to do. And In Luke chapter 1 verses 26 to, to 38 we have another version of that. Now in the sixth month Uh, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David and the virgin's name was Mary and coming in he said to her greetings favored one the Lord is with you anytime God comes to us and is going to use us we are favored aren't we we're always favored by God and she was favored by God in this this is a young woman maybe a teenage woman who is engaged to be married but she was very proud perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of a salutation this was. The angel said to her, "'Do not be afraid, Mary, "'for you have found favor with God.' Again, anytime God wants to use us, we found favor with Him. He doesn't have to, doesn't need us, but He chose to use Mary in this situation. And so Gabriel says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name Him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give Him the throne of His father David, and He will reign over the house of Jacob or Israel forever, and His kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, This is a normal question. How can this be, since I am a virgin? You know, how can you get more plain and clear than that? There have been people that have questioned, you know, they said this, this word could go either way, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, just referring to a young woman, well, in the Hebrew. Well, here it's very specific. She's saying she's a virgin, someone that's never been with a man. The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you and for that reason the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. So there you have the the Word uh, of God that, that very clearly, that makes it clearly understood that uh, this birth is a virgin birth of a young woman who had never known a man. And see, how did it happen? The Holy Spirit supernaturally implanted into her womb uh, God, a very God, Jesus Himself, the second person of the triune Godhead. That's who was planted supernaturally into the womb of, of Mary there. And you know, uh, there's just no way around it. There's no way around it. Uh, the very validity of Scripture rests on this. If, if it wasn't a virgin birth, the Scripture lied. How can you look at these verses and not see that it explicitly is saying that a woman who is a virgin gave birth to a son? And so uh, either the scriptures are true or they're not. They're valid and can be depended on or entrusted or not. It's obvious that he was absolutely not the son of Joseph. And he was absolutely not a human that somehow the other, in the process of time, became divine. Um, and and uh, it's obvious that that there wasn't, as in some of the uh, previous literature outside of the Bible a a god, small g that came down and had sex with a woman and had a baby. That's not what this is. This is the a supernatural act of the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit who supernaturally mysteriously planted an embryo who was God, a very God there. So there's reasons why the virgin birth was a necessity. Josh McDowell, in a book that he wrote, and I found this uh, on, uh, on a website called bethinking.org, gave some reasons why the virgin birth was a necessity. Reason number one is the preexistence of Jesus. Jesus preexisted and had to have a way to get here, and that was the way. Number two jesus sinless nature you see if 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 Mary or Joseph had had anything to do with this, uh, he would have been tainted with sin. but see, he was planted supernaturally in mary's uh, in mary's womb and was delivered to us through that process of childbirth, but he did not uh, take on the taint of of human nature the fallen he was a sinless one and then number three uh, it was necessary because Jesus legal right to the throne of David and Jeremiah 22 verses 28 to 30 says that no one in the line of King Jeconiah uh, could have a right to the throne of David Joseph was in that line so it would have taken away the right to the king to, to, uh, to the throne of David if he would have come from Joseph's line but he didn't well the virgin birth is such a an important important truth and doctrine of the christian faith and as i said in the beginning everything hinges on it everything rises and falls on it i'm so glad that we can see the sovereign work of god apart from any human action here as he brought his son into this world he came to live to live a perfect sinless life and to die a substitutionary death for all of those who would believe in him to pay for our sins i'm so glad of that aren't you Praise the Lord. Well, until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.